Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. If you would like to call us and express how shocked and surprised you are that not a single person, not one person who attended the Second Amendment rally today in Virginia was arrested. Not one but all of the fear-mongering about there being violence, and these are just white supremacist groups and everything else. And by the way, this was not for lack of trying, right? Obviously, we had the terrorists, uh, one of them from Canada, who was arrested on their way to this thing trying to start it off. And Tifa was trying to infiltrate it to start some violence. Uh, they got caught. And I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, you've got to be vigilant if you are involved in this Virginia thing because there will be people who are going to try and bird dog you. They're going to try and infiltrate your ranks, and they're going to try and start violence and make it seem like you are the ones responsible. Friendly reminder as we start the program off this week. Antifa is responsible for more acts of terrorism and more mass shootings than the NRA is. Friendly reminder of that, okay? So you've got all of these people out there, huge, massive rally. Uh, this thing was as big as advertised, if not larger, and the media did everything they could to lie about it. I mean, everything that they could possibly think of. And so just to give you kind of a, an idea here, Gabe Gutierrez. Now, Gabe Gutierrez, don't worry if you don't know who he is. Nobody knows who he is, but he's an NBC News correspondent. And he reports for the Today Show, NBC Nightly News, MSNBC, all of that stuff, right? So, Joe, cue my audio. I want to play something for everybody here. I'm just going to play this, and I want you to tell me what you hear them say. All right? All right, cool. What did that sound like to you, Joe? Um, a lot of people who are prideful of their nationality. What were they saying? I heard a lot of America. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance was. In, let me just let me back this up here. Why don't you listen to this? And justice for all. Okay, so they're saying the Pledge of Allegiance, right? So this is a crowd in Richmond saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, Gabe Gutierrez who is an NBC News correspondent, again, based in New York and reporting for the Today Show, NBC Nightly News, and MSNBC. He tweets out that video, which is 21 seconds long, and he says, chance of we will not comply from gun rights protesters in Richmond. <clears throat> yeah, this is why nobody likes you, Gabe, and this is why nobody pays attention to what the media says about all of this. Now, I wish that that were it, but it's not it, okay? There's plenty of examples of this. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just giving you a taste of what the media did. The Associated Press Western Region today. Gun companies are gathering for their annual trade show this week in Las Vegas. That is SHOT Show. Amid slumping sales and escalating tensions over gun control efforts, and they link to their article, slumping gun sales. So the Associated Press goes out there, they put out an article... Post the article on social media about slumping gun sales ahead of the SHOT Show annual convention in Las Vegas, of which I will not be attending this year. 
and they are straight up lying. Now, do you know how quick it is to find out what gun sales are annually in the United States? It is about 20 seconds. Then you can go to the ATF and go to the FBI. They've got all of the data. All you have to do is search for annual gun sales or gun sales by year. And that's, you get the answer. Okay, we're in 2020. The 2019 numbers are available already. All right? So the FBI says that the background checks with the NICS system, and again, this is the best indicator of of new firearm purchases that we have. The FBI says that the background checks for 2019 were 3% higher, not than the previous year, the previous record year in 2016. Okay? 2019 is now the highest record for gun sales in American history that we have based on this information in the system. Because obviously it doesn't go back, you know, totally. So you've got the Associated Press out there saying that they're slumping gun sales when in fact they're the highest they have ever been. They're 3% higher than the previous high. December 2019 was the second highest month on record for gun sales in American history. And the Associated Press is out there lying to everybody about this. Now... Not finished yet. Okay? Not finished. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're going out there. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah. Somebody actually, I got to do the, uh, I got to get on my other, my other Twitter thingy there. Uh, one of the people for MSNBC was out there saying that uh, white nationalists were attending the rally. And, of course, were immediately blasted on social media because there were no white nationalists that were there. They, if they were there, they certainly kept themselves hidden. Nobody had any idea what, uh, what was going on, where they were, would be at or anything else. Uh, but at the end of the day, you've got the media consistently lying about this, uh, and they get caught lying about it. Routinely get caught lying about it. Why? Because they want to paint a narrative that they didn't want. They wanted there to be violence there. They wanted there to be an incident so that way they could go, see, look what happened. None of it materialized. Not once. This just came through now because the rally is, is now over. Um, that not one rally attendee was arrested. So once again, you've got a massive gathering of Second Amendment supporters and you have no issues of illegality. You've got no issues of violence. You've got no issues of civil disruption beyond what is legally allowed. None of that. People were open carrying outside of the barrier where they recently restricted being able to have a firearm. So they were carrying legally in the uh, state of Virginia in accordance with their laws. Okay. Uh, and and it, like I said, it's just routinely you run into this where the media will try and paint this false narrative of, of stuff where they will even lie about what you're... First of all, I'm sure that there were some people who did chant, we will not comply. Like sheriffs routinely have been doing. We will not comply with illegal and unconstitutional orders to take people's firearms away from them. Yeah, good. Like I said, if you think in the United States of America that you are going to succeed in confiscating people's guns without there being bloodshed, you are sorely mistaken. That is not going to happen here. Like I said, the last country that tried that tried to do it got thrown across an entire ocean. They came back one other time and they got thrown across the entire ocean again. So it's this is not something that you can do in the United States of America. By the way, I think one of the most powerful things, and I'm getting a lot of attention on Twitter for this, on my new account, but I think one of the most powerful images from the rally today was pro-Second Amendment people carrying the Hong Kong flag. And if you remember, 
the protesters in Hong Kong carried our flag and they sang our anthem and they asked the United States for help and we provided them with a lot of public support for doing so. And we did it. We returned the favor. I actually said returning the favor, hashtag Hong Kong, and it's got a lot of retweets and a lot of likes and comments on it, and I appreciate that. Uh, but I didn't find the post. Um, Jack uh, is a prosobiac, I guess, over at um, the uh, the OYN uh, network. He's the one that originally did it. I just retweeted it with a comment, but it's getting a lot of attention, and I appreciate that. That was a powerful image. Because there's a lot of people who are not in favor of firearms, were not Second Amendment supporters, who saw what was happening in Hong Kong. And they said, I, I get it. In fact, we had a whole conversation about one of those incidents where uh, we actually had somebody who had said, I've never been a Second Amendment supporter, I've never liked guns, but now I understand why the Second Amendment is important because the people in Hong Kong could really use that right now. But they don't have it. They don't have those rights like we have. Uh, they were given those rights by their creator, but they don't have it codified. We do. And that's what these rallies are about. So not one arrest of a rally attendee, not one, in spite of the fear-mongering, in spite of the lying, in spite of everything that has been happening today. Uh, routine lies from the press today. I, I've captured a couple of them and, and posted about them and things of that nature, but um, it really is quite astounding to see these sorts of things happen even though we expect them to happen. It's still astounding. I mean, when they're... And then, of course, you know, you've got the reporters now super sad that people are, are angry at them for lying. Don't lie. It isn't that difficult. Don't lie. And you don't have to worry about people being upset with you. It's real... Well, I mean, you will, but to a lesser extent, okay? And at least at that point, you can hold up what you posted and what you said and what you wrote and say, prove me wrong. That's all you have to do. You know, now... When you post things like that, yeah, you're going to get a bunch of brain-dead idiots like Alyssa Milano and things like that out there who are going to repost your stuff. But at the end of the day, you have no credibility whatsoever. None. Especially when you yourself post these rally attendees singing the Nash, or not singing the Nash, but saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and then you're lying about what they're saying in that clip. We've got more coming up. Uh, we're going to actually hear from some of the non-white rally attendees who are also being attacked today because, you know, God forbid... You should not be a white person to support the Second Amendment in spite of the Second Amendment having large and broad support, especially in the African-American and Asian communities in the United States. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. We're giving you the updates on what happened at the Second Amendment rally in Richmond, Virginia. We have some more sound bites to play for you in just a little bit. So we will head back to the phone lines here. If you want to call and join us and give us your feedback on this, 574-2595-953. Do you want to thank RMB Car Company? And again, they have locations in South Bend and Warsaw. Plus, if you go to rbcarcompany.com today, you can check out their special promotions and offers. And if you do go to the dealership, make sure you let them know that you heard about them on this program, rbcarcompany.com. To the phone lines, talking about the Second Amendment rally in Virginia. Janet, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Casey. This, uh, just uh, wanted to say that my uh, husband and two of his uh, buddies are on their way back, and they 
uh, talking with my husband today, they had an awesome time. I mean, it was almost very solemn, but also they felt honored to be there. But, you know, I don't know all the different kinds of guns, but he mentioned, he rattled off some and he said people were carrying, like there was a 50 cal and it was just, but it was all peaceful. And uh, there was a lot of fear mongering and, and uh, we had some discussions about that, but he just felt like it was so important to support um, the people in Virginia and because, and also because, you know, where we go, one we go all kind of thing. And, uh, and if it happens there, it can happen in Indiana. It can happen anywhere. So, um, but they, they had a great time and, and, uh, it was very encouraging to, to know that, you know, they were taking video, they're going to post it on Facebook. Um, the, the streets were very crowded. He said, he's guessing thousands. I don't know if you've heard a number of, of how many people they actually uh, think were there. Um, yeah, I'd have to look at the the final estimates. There's definitely thousands. Okay, I, I don't know what the final estimates are if they they have a rough estimate yet, uh, but I do know yeah. that it's in the thousands. I mean, this is a huge rally. They said it's it's yeah. probably even bigger than what they were expecting, uh, but yes. it's certainly yes. they've said it's one of the most well attended of these types of rallies that they've had. So. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And I hope, and I really hope it gets attention. I was very encouraged to hear what you said about the about the Hong Kong flag. I had not heard that from yeah. from my husband Bob, but uh, you know, they're they're former military, they're oath keepers, and uh, just really felt a passion to be there. And I'm so glad that they went. So. Yeah, it, and I mean, on my my new Twitter account, my very young new Twitter account, that is by uh-huh. by far and away the most popular tweet was posting Hong Kong flag. Awesome, at the rally, awesome. by far and awesome. away. So. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for time on the air. Appreciate you. Thank right. you. You Bye-bye. bet. Take care. And, you know, look, you have to have these discussions, obviously, about whether or not it's going to be worth the risk of going to something like that. But, again, it is, it's important. You know, and there's going to be a time for you to go ahead and take those types of risks. Uh, let's see. Curtis Hawk. No, no. Curtis Hawk posted about it. Uh, Craig Melvin, who works for MSNBC, claimed that thousands of white nationalists and militia groups were swarming the state capitol in, in Richmond, which is not true. Of course, all are, the people who are there, is, nope, none of this is true. It's an absolute and complete lie. Uh, it is what it is. Um, in fact, this is one rally attendee. He happens to be a black man. He's, he's there with some signs and everything. And somebody approached him and just asked, hey, are you a white supremacist? Now, keep in mind, he's a black man. Somebody went ahead and approached him and, and made that joke and just figured they would talk to him about being at that rally. You can go ahead and cue up my audio for me, Joe. We're going to go ahead and play this for you now. Are you a white supremacist? Yeah. Am I a white supremacist? I, I was told there'd be this white supremacists. This ain't me. I got dreads. Oh, wow. You are, you're, you're really are blackface. Like, <laughs> <laughs> United we stand, yeah, That's brother. right, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah. United we stand. But they mad because it wasn't no civil unrest. Now they're going to be mad because it wasn't no fight. Now they're going to be mad because then nobody get locked up. They're going to be mad because all the officers is at peace. They're going to be mad because ain't nobody out here fighting. They mad, but guess what? United we stand. That's what this was about. That's right, brother. I'm from St. Louis, and I ain't even had to bring no weapon. Don't need no weapon. Don't none of us need no weapon, but we got them. We got it. We got them. We got each other back. Why? Because United we stand. That's what it's about. That's right. United we stand. That's right. White, black, Hispanic, Latino, Mexican, whatever. United we stand. They not. And he continued, obviously, with that. He's, he's fist-bumping people as they're, you know, going with the rally and attending the rally. But then there's another individual. Uh, this one got a lot of attraction, um, a lot of attention, I should say, and traction earlier from Breitbart when they posted this because they found him. Now, this is another black man who happened to attend the rally, and they kind of asked him why he was there, and he went into his spiel and why he was there. 
Okay, why am I out here? Basically, I'm out here because I got roped into it by the group of guys you see standing to my right. But the main, re the real reason I'm out here is I do not support in any way, shape, or form Governor Northam's and the Democrats' gun control. What I also don't support is the fact that every news piece you've seen on this this weekend, they've always brought up the issue of race, as though it's nothing but white rednecks and hillbillies out here who care for the Second Amendment. What actually... Black Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, Americans in general Americans. care about the Second Amendment. I work at a gun store part-time, and I can't tell you the number of customers I see of all races, all colors, all creeds who care about the Second Amendment and who just want to peaceably live their lives, enjoy their rights, and the Second Amendment. So that's why I'm out here. And main, big media, mainstream media be damned. If you take a good look at me, you can see I'm a black American, and all I'm out here for is to enjoy my Second Amendment rights. That's why I'm here. Great. And what tell us about what you... All right, they go into more, but we're not going to... We don't need to play all of that. You get the idea. Now, this is also the Sheriff Richard Vaughn. He's from Grayson County, Virginia, and he was asked... He was at the, he was at the rally, and he was asked about enforcing these sorts of, of anti-gun bills in Virginia, and he, he gave a, a very straightforward answer as law enforcement, as a sheriff in the state of Virginia. Or city or commonwealth still be... If the bills go through as proposed, they will not be enforced. They're unconstitutional. We swore to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of Virginia, and that's what we'll do. Yeah. All right. Made it very clear. You know, the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the state of Virginia make it very clear that you can't have these things. And it, we've heard politicians say, no, they will enforce, and if they don't enforce it, we'll call it the National Guard. The National Guard, we've already covered. Uh, they, in a what I believe is a read between the lines sort of a way said, yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to do that either. Um, they again expressed reverence for the first and second amendment. And then they went on to say that we haven't been given any kind of orders or anything like that to enforce these types of bills. They haven't even been passed yet, but the way that it was phrased was very political, very diplomatic, but it also in my belief, my opinion, anyway, the way that I read it was reading between the lines that, yeah, we're not going to do it either. Um, and you're going you're gonna to find a lot of politicians think that they have power over the American people, and they do not. When it comes to stuff like this, you're going to find a lot of resistance. So, again, glad that the rally went off peacefully. I'm glad that the groups that were trying to infiltrate it and cause problems were caught ahead of time, and I'm glad that the message was received, and I'm glad, frankly, that every single narrative that the media tried to set up over the past couple of weeks fell apart right in their face so much so that the members of the press today that i've highlighted and more tried to lie about what they saw there and were immediately rebuffed by the vast majority we've got more coming up news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel and good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel you probably can't hear it but if you hear gurgling that sounds like a bong that is just my coffee pot it is there's nothing. We're we're on the Indiana side of the border. Uh, everything that we do on the Indiana side of the border is Indiana law compliant, ladies and gentlemen. All right, 574-2595-953. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. I also want to thank our sponsor, R&B Car Company. They are located in South Bend and Warsaw. They've got dealerships, uh, multiple locations, a tremendous selection of cars, trucks, SUVs, minivans, crossovers, you name it even some motorcycles. Go to rbcarcompany.com for special promotions and offers. 
And of course, if you go to the dealership, make sure you let them know you heard about them on this show. Okay. Do you remember after the the hurricane in Puerto Rico and we had, like, I forget who it was that was talking. I don't know if it was like the mayor or whatever, but she was talking about how President Trump was not sending any aid to Puerto Rico. Do you remember that? And she was talking about that in front of pallets of aid. <laughs> you remember? And she was trying to say that, that no aid was getting there. And she's doing it. Literally, there's pallets of aid right behind her. Of course, the president called her a liar. And he was right. We ended up proving that after the uh, hurricane, I think it was Hurricane Maria or something, uh, after that, that we had all of this, this aid that was getting there and it wasn't being distributed. We ended up finding that out. Now, this is, you know, again, what, two years ago, I think it was? So... I want, and I told you at the time, I said, I want you to remember this because most Americans don't know how corrupt the government of Puerto Rico is, right? And I think what's happened as time has progressed, most of you who are genuinely interested in figuring out what's happening in Puerto Rico were probably made aware of, of how corrupt the Puerto Rican government is. There's a lot of folks, however, who still chose to believe that it was all Trump. And there was a, a reason that there was um, no aid getting to where it was going and that there were so many problems in reconstruction and all of that. Now, here is NBC Nightly News, okay? Give up my audio for me, please. I want you to listen to this story because this broke over the weekend. With a crowbar, they cranked open the warehouse, then applause raining down from an infuriated crowd. Tonight, thousands of Puerto Ricans suffering from the aftermath of powerful earthquakes just discovered there's an entire warehouse full of items donated following the wrath of Hurricane Maria. The cache of goods located just miles from the epicenter of the latest quake on Puerto Rico's southwest coast has been sitting there for nearly a year. Meeting, meeting. Diapers, baby food, sanitary wipes, bottles, and pacifiers. Meeting. Outside the complex, a desperate crowd cannot understand how all this help could be right in their backyard the whole time. It's like, how can this be happening? Rafael Gonzalez's group, Profesa, collected supplies to help Hurricane Maria victims and is now doing the same for those devastated by the earthquakes. What is the human impact of this mistake? We saw it Mistake. on Maria. We saw what happens when you don't deliver the supplies that people need, people die. Puerto Rico's Secretary of State saying this ruins our credibility and the humanitarian effort. The governor fired several top officials, including the director of emergency management, within the last 24 hours, and tonight vows to hold others accountable. But the ensuing investigation of little solace to those suffering, and now a puzzling oversight, in the middle of a disaster zone. Oversight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a mistake and it was oversight. Yeah. No. No. It was corruption is what it was. So this warehouse, when you see the video, and I will include this in the daily show prep today, which you can get at theburningtruth.us. The, the warehouse is not just a standard large warehouse, which would be bad enough. We are talking about a massive, massive warehouse pallets and pallets and pallets of aid that was donated after Hurricane Maria, which was in 2017. And that aid is just sitting there, not being distributed, which means it wasn't distributed after that disaster. It wasn't distributed after, and some people are commenting on the live stream about all the hurricanes that have happened there since. Uh, it wasn't distributed after those. wasn't distributed after the hurricanes, or excuse me, the, the earthquakes. wasn't distributed after any of that. 
is just sitting there, right? And again, I told you back a couple of years ago, I said, remember this day when that woman was talking about how Trump wasn't sending any aid to Puerto Rico, no aid was getting there, and she was doing it standing in front of pallets of federal aid that had been donated by the federal government to go help the citizens of Puerto Rico, which I I have to remind, it's a territory, but it's still not a state, which I traced all of that back for you a couple of times as well. This is exactly what was predicted would happen, right? So basically what ended up happening is you have this whole crowd of people who ended up finding this warehouse. They broke it open and they go in and they're taking the aid that they need, which a lot of it's probably not going to get distributed the way that it should because now it's just being taken. The governor has been forced to fire people. I wouldn't be surprised after an investigation is done that we find out that the governor, I don't know her whole history, may at some point in time have some some uh, involvement in some of this, but I could I could totally be wrong because I don't know her history. But uh, now, Newsbusters, liberal media forced to concede Trump was right about Puerto Rico's government. We'll talk about that next on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Phone number 574-2595-953. Again, if you would like to call and talk about what has been happening in Puerto Rico. Uh, real quick, we'll get back to Puerto Rico here in just a second. CNBC has touted that uh, Democrat contenders are outraising Trump. But, but nobody's outraised him. Uh <laughs> the massive 2020 Democratic field is altogether outraising President Donald Trump, but Trump is outraising every single candidate individually. Uh, CNBC reported that neither President George W. Bush nor President Barack Obama was outraised uh, to such an extent during their re-election year, but they also faced far fewer candidates. Republicans did outraise Obama during the 2012 presidential election campaign, but only slightly, and it obviously didn't work because Bush outraised Democrats in 20, uh, 2004. So... Again, I have to point out, Trump has the largest war chest of any incumbent by far. He is outraising the DNC by leaps and bounds. It's not even remotely close. Okay, He's breaking records with fundraising. Uh, the GOP and the RNC are breaking routine records on a monthly basis for fundraising. And so what CNBC's solution is to make the money game look like it's a little bit more balanced is to say every Democrat running for office all across the country, put them all together, they have outraised Donald Trump. <laughs> I, folks, I let them, let them, uh, let them distort things however they want. It's it's entirely up to them. All right, back to Puerto Rico. Earlier this week, the Washington Post attempted to redeploy the old Hurricane Maria playbook in order to to, uh, commoditize human suffering for Democrat political gain. Uh, Let's see. Still, it is worth remembering that many Puerto Ricans were forced to leave the island after Maria. Again, Hurricane Maria happened in 2017. They are now living and will be able to vote in swing states such as Florida and Pennsylvania. Presumably, many of them will remember how the island has been treated. So that was the Washington Post earlier this last week, okay? So the Washington Post is basically saying, remember how Trump didn't help Puerto Rico at all? Remember that? Remember how he just let Puerto Rico sit there? Which, again, was all designed. We, we told you all back then. They were withholding aid 
part of it was the corruption of the government because they were going to keep some of it themselves. Part of it was they were going to use it for political reasons to attack the president, and they were going to make it seem like the president didn't care about Puerto Rico because they felt that they were somewhat successful in doing that when they lied about President George W. Bush after Hurricane Katrina. So they're going to go back to their old playbook because, again, that's what liberal Democrats do. They use the old playbook over and over and over and over and over again in order to go ahead and demonize their political opponents. So the Washington Post goes out there and basically redoes this claim, which is complete nonsense and been completely debunked. It was debunked years ago, but they went out there and they did it. Is it remember how Trump did not, I'm paraphrasing, of course, remember how Trump did not help those poor non-white people on Puerto Rico? Remember that? Well, uh, again, it wasn't true. He sent lots of aid there, declared an, uh, uh, an emergency far earlier than you know people were willing to admit. And, of course, now we find out that they have this massive warehouse of aid that had been sent there for Hurricane Maria. It's just been sitting there in a warehouse, not distributed at all. And you can't help but wonder if it wasn't distributed, since it wasn't just pilfered by everybody in, in public office in Puerto Rico. You have to wonder if it was just kept there in order to go ahead and demonize the president of the United States at the cost of very real human suffering in Puerto Rico, which is horrendously corrupt, uh, inhumane, and you could even say evil. So anyway, this is Newsbusters. It is important to recall that the national media was asleep at the switch during the initial aftermath of Hurricane Maria, devoted coverage instead to the president's tweets regarding the NFL. It's true. In fact, the liberal media didn't begin to cover Maria's terrible aftermath until there was a clear anti-Trump angle as embodied by the radical separatist mayor of San Juan who rode her post-Maria notoriety all the way to Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign where she now serves as national co-chair. That was the lady, I think, that gave the uh, her little talk in front of the news that he wasn't sending any aid in front of those pallets. So I didn't know that she was the co-chair of Bernie's campaign now. Fast forward to 2020. Well over a thousand earthquakes have rattled Puerto Rico's southwestern coast and mountainous regions, displaced many families, and causing millions of dollars in damages. However, the bulk of the damage is limited to a few municipalities and is on the opposite end of the island from San Juan. There is, therefore, no free press for the mayor to chase and no performative press conferences in front of pallets of aid. The lack of an immediate anti-Trump angle to cover uh, the, in coverage of the earthquakes, the Trump administration's announcement of anti-corruption safeguards that facilitate the disbursement of HUD relief funds, and the subsequent issuance of major disaster declaration for Puerto Rico have, when combined with the president's strategic silence on the matter, deprived the liberal media of any fuel with which to further politicize its coverage of the earthquakes. Additionally, the island was roiled by news that much-needed relief supplies sat in a warehouse as earthquake victims suffered, which only serves to bolster the president's charge, one with which many Puerto Ricans agree, by the way, that the island's government is corrupt and incompetent. And now, even the media is forced to admit that Trump was telling the truth and Trump was right about the government of Puerto Rico two years ago after Hurricane Maria. And all of the evidence that he was right and the media was wrong sat in that warehouse and was busted open on the news and shown for the entire world to see. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live streaming. Go to YouTube or Twitch at Casey the Host. 
More coming up right here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.